Hello, I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Today, we check in on the OSIRIS-REx asteroid sample return mission with Bashar Rizk, the OCAMS instrument scientist at the Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and of the mission itself. Welcome, Bashar. Hi, Tim. Uh, first thing is explain what OCAMS means. OCAM stands for the OSIRIS-REx camera suite. It's three cameras of varying resolutions that are designed to map the asteroid, determine its shape, warn us of hazards, detect plumes, and finally document the sample acquisition. And why do you need three cameras instead of just one with a zoom lens? Well, the range to the surface of this object is going to vary over nine orders of magnitude. That's a factor of a billion. No one camera could span that vast range and do its job. Tell us what the three cameras do. We have a low resolution, a medium resolution, and a high resolution camera. The low resolution camera is the sample acquisition camera, the SAM cam, we call it cleverly. And it's designed to take an image of the moment of sample acquisition and preserve it for all posterity. The medium resolution camera is our mapping camera, the map cam. It's designed to determine the shape of the asteroid, uh, detect plumes, uh, and warn us of hazards, specifically satellites that could be in orbit around the asteroid. And our high-resolution camera, the polycam, we call it that because it reminds us of a polymath, a really um, high-functioning individual, uh, has several tasks. Uh, it can detect the asteroid at a distance of 2 million miles, maybe, um, and it can also view the surface of the asteroid from a distance of a couple of football fields and determine whether there are pebbles of the size that will fit into our sample head. And what size is that? Approximately two centimeters, so a little bit more than an inch. You said that you're going to be looking for moons but or satellites. What, what size satellites do you look for in an asteroid? The, the whole asteroid is not very big, right? No, the whole asteroid is about the size of a mall. Uh, that you might walk around in over the course of an afternoon. So uh, really, if you can imagine yourself wandering over the surface of the asteroid, it's, it's like a giant park. And we expect that there might be uh, satellites of the size of a baseball down to a pebble, and those are the sizes that we're looking for. Will those sizes cause you great problems if you hit them? Probably not. Uh, this is a very low-gravity environment. We call it microgravity. Um, the, the, normally, in to, for an object to stay in orbit around the Earth, it has to travel at a speed of 11 kilometers a second or even greater. Um, for this asteroid to stay in orbit around this asteroid requires only a, a few tens of centimeters per second or even less. So if something is in orbit around this asteroid, like a satellite, it will impact, and it happens to you know, God forbid, hit the, the satellite, it will impact it with a, with a velocity of about 10 centimeters per second. Not very big. So if, in, if you imagine picking up a coin for, at a distance of about a millimeter and letting it drop, that coin will be going about 10 centimeters per second when it hits the table. This is not the first spacecraft mission you've worked on, right? You've built cameras for some others? I think my last big mission uh, of the kind that lasts for half a, half a decade or more uh, was the Cassini Descent Imager Spectral Radiometer. The Cassini mission lasted, at least my part of it, for approximately 15 years. Uh, it's, of course, still orbiting Saturn and still producing data, 
but from the moment we started working on it till the moment the orbiter uh, descended to the surface of Titan was approximately a decade and a half. Is there a particular moment that you remember of working on the descent imager for Huygens or other missions oh, that you worked on? Oh, that's an easy question, Tim. Um, the, the moment I saw the first image from the surface of Titan uh, was, was sticks in my mind to this day. Um, you work very, uh, very, a lot of years, you know, almost a decade or more than a decade to get to the moment where, you know, for, for a couple hours of data, um, you've, you've devoted half your life. And that was the moment that uh, stick, stuck in my mind. So if you can imagine the scene, we're all in this trailer, uh, which they set up for us in Darmstadt, Germany, where we, where we got the downloaded images. And we've spent um, the better part of a day uh, wondering what we were going to get, whether it was going to work. You know, it's, we're, we, we're not quite sure. We've, we see radar uh, coming and radio coming from the, from the, the descent imager, from the, sorry, from the uh, descent lander. And so we know we, we, we're still alive, but we don't know if the images have, have made it. So we, we finally get that first one, and there it is. Um, the, the, the lander has positioned itself on the surface of Titan, and you're looking out over a landscape where it looks like these pebbles or rocks or boulders. They're very mysterious. They're very smooth, which is very unusual for planetary surfaces. Most of the rocks we look at are very jagged because they don't get worn down by water or streams. These things were very smooth, and they clearly were not made of what we would consider a rocky material. It's going to be some kind of ice, maybe water ice. To this day, we don't know for certain. We're pretty sure, but... Yeah, that was a that was a good moment. For OSIRIS-REx, unlike some missions where you have an instant where it all happens, you'll be collecting images as you approach, you'll be mapping for a year. Can you imagine what that is going to be like compared to other missions? Is it going to be a different experience? I imagine it's going to be um, much more intense and much more exhausting uh, than, for example, Cassini-Huygens was. Um, we're going to be finding out things that will inform our later decisions and, from, in fact, change, possibly change the course of the mission. Um, that's the whole point of this camera system. This camera suite will allow us to adjust on the fly our plan, our strategy for how to um, eventually get a sample off the surface of this asteroid. So it will be imperative on us to get the data, download it, analyze it, make sense of it, and then formulate a strategy going forward. And that, I think, makes it a unique mission. Um, there have been others. I mean, one could completely draw the analogy to the Curiosity rover, where they're trying to decide where to go next. You know, and I'm sure where to go next is, is in large part predicated on what they've seen already. For us, it will be something very similar. Well, good luck, Bashar, and thank you for coming in. This has been Arizona Science. Listen to this and all Arizona Science conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. Next week, we continue with our conversations with the speakers from the 2016 UA Science Lecture Series, Earth Transformed. I'm Tim Swindle.